This week on Access Louisville, we're going to talk about Papa John's and charitable giving. They really know how to make it look difficult. Plus, Business First has a new managing editor, Jason Thomas. He's here, and we're going to chat with him a little bit. It's all worth talking about, well, pretty much. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Haley Cawthon. Hi there. Chris Larson. Hey, hey. And Jason Thomas. Greetings. Access Louisville is a podcast of Louisville Business First. On this show, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. Guys, I just got back from San Francisco for the annual glide trip. By the way, a uh, hat tip to my frequent co-host, Brooke Timmons, for holding things down while I was away. Anyway, Glide is put on by Greater Louisville, Inc., the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Glide is short for Greater Louisville Idea Development Expedition. And the general idea is that the city leaders from here go to another city to learn best practices or cool ideas that they can bring back to town. So, my question to you guys is, is there a city you would like to see Louisville learn from? And what is it and why? And I'm going to start with Haley. Okay, so I thought a little bit about this question in advance. Sometimes I just answer these on the fly because why not? (laughs) Um, But I'm going to say Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I think Phoenix has done a really excellent job over the past couple of years of attracting new young millennial talent Mm -hmm. to their city. It used to just be like a retiree city, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. was the general impression of it. But they've done a lot to attract um, some younger folks there, including several of my friends from college and my husband's friends and it's just it has a really vibrant um standard of living there with uh, lots of outdoor activities lots of never heard that about phoenix actually so that's pretty cool that they yeah well i've, I've just heard a lot of good things yeah. since um we gotta be hip to if you don't die from heat first guys. yeah but <laughs> i just think it would be interesting to hear about how they are bringing in younger yeah. younger folks to phoenix versus just retirees yeah. not but that louisville needs to do the same it's just just interesting sure. and that's probably the nicest thing i've ever heard anybody say about phoenix <laughs> So well, shout out to one. Phoenix. I didn't know I was. <laughs> didn't yeah, know I was no, it's fine. the it's only totally fan here. <laughs> it's totally fine. You know all, so it's not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> um, Chris, how about you? Yeah, so I'm gonna go with uh, Seattle, Washington. I lived there for about uh, two years, and I lived lived downtown. And I lived in some of the suburbs that are around Seattle, and just kind of running down a you know a couple of Google searches of the tech companies that are in Seattle, which is something we kind of want to emulate here in Louisville. You know, you've got obviously Amazon, Expedia, Microsoft, and I'm going to get into some more kind of obscure uh, companies. But these are the kind of companies that we would still want to see here in Louisville. Companies like Tableau, uh, Big Fish Games, Avo, Moz, uh, OfferUp. Mm-hmm. Um, we want Louisville to be a hub for tech talent we're trying to do that kind of from the startup space and we don't have the big uh you know tech giant that's kind of throwing off startups so right. i think we could go there and take some best practices but also look at seattle as a as also a place to look at things not to do because uh, seattle has a long list of you know critics for maybe being a little too friendly to some of these 
you know, big just tech giants giving them whatever they want. Oh, really? Yeah, they do have a lot of them there. Well, they have a lot of. I don't yeah, know if giants, I mean Amazon. I mean Amazon's, uh, you know, headquarters there, you know, is maxed out. That's why we had a kerfuffle with the H two, uh, the Amazon H two two project. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of lessons we can learn here. You know, I'm sure when it comes to tech and mm-hmm. business in Seattle. Plus, isn't the cost of living in Seattle just like astronomical? astronomical. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I learned in San Francisco, too. Uh, Jason, how about you? Um, staying on that tech theme, you know, I don't think we have to look too far for this one either. Um, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I spent about nine years there working for the Indianapolis Star, and um, in the time there, they built a cultural trail that winds itself through uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. It's a biking, pedestrian trail. It's really set the bar for that kind of cultural amenity. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look here at the, the Louisville Loop, how long <laughs> has that been in, uh, in, in in the works and talked about? So mm-hmm. I think we can see a city of, of Indianapolis actually uh, dreaming that and, and making it happen. And you look at, um, it's kind of reinventing itself as a yeah. tech hub with the, the Salesforce headquarters. Yeah, it so totally is. You know, just down 65 there, and it's kind of a, a competitor with Louisville a lot of times. But I think we can, and with the, the convention center growth there and, and bring in new conventions mm-hmm. and business is something that Louisville could really uh, yeah. look at. I think me and Haley have had this conversation about Indianapolis. I think so. we have, too. My dad yeah. lives in Indianapolis, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty familiar with the city, too. And um, I think it's definitely attainable for where Louisville's trying to be in terms mm-hmm. of tech development. But um, the city's... A little bit crowded and it's getting to that part where it's going to be too expensive to live there like everyone's um like carmel and westfield are just expanding out into these huge bubbles of million dollar houses that no one can afford yeah (laughs) but that's beside the point (laughs) (laughs) by the way earlier when i said you know all to Haley. That was a callback <laughs> to last episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, very I lived there too. Yeah. No. I wasn't trying I to sound condescending, I promise you. Um, that was a callback <laughs> to last episode. So. Yeah. If you didn't catch last episode, I was not trying to say I know everything about music. I meant to say I have an eclectic taste in music. I listen to a lot of genres. I like the way you said it. I know all. I said I know all and didn't mean it that way. We should do the Battle of Indy and Louisville and see the pros and the cons. And yeah, we did a story like that, like... Maybe like five years ago, but you know, we so much back. has changed <laughs> in India in the last five years. Yeah. It just seems like it's grown astronomically. True. So, um, I'm gonna take a hard pass on that question um, <laughs> because I'm the host <laughs> and I can do that. So, um, I, well you know, David. I learned a lot in San Francisco. One thing um, that I thought, a couple things came to mind. A, um, I, I was really surprised that there's Chamber of Commerce leader, there's uh, CEO of the Chamber of Commerce talked about the kind of dark side of the growth that they've experienced, the high housing cost and how you deal with that and the fact that um, people are taking jobs for 90000 a year and that's not covering a third. Uh, you know, their, their uh, housing costs are, are way over the uh, the rule of thumb, which is, you know, a third of your income. Um, so I, I was, you know, glad to, to see that they're kind of acknowledging their problems, uh, but at the same time, a uh, really beautiful city, and uh, uh, I know that they... Um, they, they've experienced this amazing, uh, you know, growth, this amazing boom of tech companies. Uh, I would love to see us grow here in Louisville like that, and I'd love to see us develop a tech sector like that. But uh, I think they they kind of had a tough time because of how fast that all occurred with some of these big tech companies coming up. So, um, so there's a, a lot to learn from from these cities. Uh, if you're interested in uh, any of the coverage of the uh, Glad trip, uh, got several things that I wrote in the last week on our website, which is louisvillebusinessfirst.com. 
thank you for allowing me to do that plug real quick. So um, let's switch gears here. I want to talk to uh, Jason. So I get back from San Francisco, and we get a new who's a new face in our newsroom. Right. We're, we're happy to have you. Uh, so uh, Jason, you come to us uh, at new from News and Tribune, mm-hmm. which. Uh, oddly enough, I worked at News and Tribune for uh, several years before coming here, and so did our managing, or excuse me, so did our editor, Shay Van Hoy. Uh, he worked there for a long time. So a good pipeline of journalists pipeline, coming from right. News, and <laughs> News and Tribune. But uh, what, what was your role at News and Tribune? What did yeah. you do there? The News and Tribune, I was the assistant editor mm-hmm. uh, for the Daily Paper and editor for our Southern Indiana Business Magazine, which is a, um, a glossy magazine, right. bi- bi-monthly magazine. So as assistant editor uh, for the paper, I'd work with reporters, collaborate with them, develop story ideas uh, mm-hmm. every, every day. And obviously I would edit stories, uh, I would uh, prove pages. I was kind of the editor that put the paper to bed most nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote a lot, wrote a lot of columns and actually filled in a lot with some reporting roles when we were understaffed there. Yeah. With the magazine, we did a re- uh, redesign about a year and a half ago and I was asked to um, kind of lead that, spearhead that and um, transition it into more of a uh, business slash lifestyle magazine, mm-hmm. emphasis on um, Art, design, uh, content mainly. So, did you produce a lot of content for the magazine? I did too? actually. I yeah, I wrote a lot of that. We had a lot of standing features, but I also wrote a lot of the, the cover mm-hmm. features type stuff. So, yeah, I would um, work on that from the inception to the to the end, um, planning, um, implementing that. So, yeah. that was real f- a lot of fun. So, how long have you been a journalist? I have been a oh gosh, you're dating me now. <laughs> oh gosh, it's a little over twenty two years. Yeah, right, years, out, right out of college, nice. I started my. Uh, so you stuck with it this long. It's <laughs> hard to do. It? I've been in I 15 had a years. Foray in a People are commercial. shocked when I told <laughs> them that. So. Gets in your blood, man. Can't get it out. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, you mentioned working at uh, Indie Star. I did. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my third trip in the in the business. I started off at a little community newspaper in Frankfort, Indiana, yeah. which yeah. is between Lafayette and Indianapolis. Started off as a sports editor there. Yeah. Which so is was great. that your? I was going to ask you your first. Yeah, job. that was my first gig. Was that your first yeah. gig was sports editor it in was. Frankfort, Indiana. Yeah. How big? Do you remember how big it was? About. 6,000 circulation paper. Yeah. But yeah. it was great. It, it allowed me to uh, be a jack of all trades. I learned, you know, editing, uh, uh, page design, mm-hmm. obviously sharpened my writing skills, managing a team of reporters and mm-hmm. correspondents. So that was a great way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, what? so what has been your favorite uh, story you've ever written or a story that you were editor of that you helped a reporter write? Yeah. There's a couple. Um, at the News and Tribune a couple of years ago, uh, we did a story uh, pretty much putting the a face on homelessness. Yeah. We took a really deep dive into it because it's uh, uh, an issue that affects all of us. Yeah. Even if you're not homeless, you know. Um, so we really did a, as a three-part series, f- actually, I'm sorry, a three-week series uh, looking at the um, the uh, different aspects of homelessness mm-hmm. and uh, not only looking at it, but try to find solutions yeah. uh, to the, the uh, issue. And it, it was capped off with a, a community forum at uh, Indiana University Southeast. So That's great when you can take it you know, yeah. to other mediums it, like it that. It's great to involve the community. That yeah. was the first time I was really involved with something uh, well-rounded like that. Yeah. Where, you know, a lot of times we write these stories and just kind of put it out there, but we don't... And then go on to on the next the thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. here it is, have fun. <laughs> so that was a really uh, effective way to try to come up with some yeah. solutions. Um, the another one, uh, the Indy Star... Um, during the Indy 500 coverage, uh, I got to ride in a uh, two-seat Indy car with uh, Mario Andretti as a pilot. So oh, that was, wow. Uh, that's that was pretty, pretty cool. fun, man. <laughs> I only uh, passed out, I think, about five times <laughs> going, going around those turns. Oh, my God. That sounds scary. <laughs> uh, it's been you a fun guys trip. totally aren't ready for this, but tell me your favorite <laughs> stories you've ever written. Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Chris I'm going to toss this to Chris for <laughs> while I think on a second. <laughs> I can't tell you my favorite story I've written, but the favorite headline that I've written um, – 
there was this goat in uh, Bardstown, Kentucky, which is one of my first journalism jobs at the Kentucky Standard. Uh, it escaped from a butcher shop and went and lived in a uh, state park near the butcher shop, um, which sounds like a happy ending to the story, but it wasn't a happy ending <laughs> because <laughs> he kept running into traffic, and one day the police shot him. <laughs> Oh my goodness, oh. David! <laughs> and that was uh, the story that I wrote about the the goat that's getting shot dark. by police. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's a sad story. I don't know why I'm <laughs> laughing about it, but yeah, it going. was just like, hey, you escaped from the butcher shop. Yeah, I, I think it was just because I went with the headline: "Police gun down goat," and the police were really <laughs> mad about that headline. Uh. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm sad now. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it was just like this, I- like it was interesting because it sounded like it was going to be a happy story because this goat escaped from a butcher shop off a truck, ran to a park and lived and you thought he was going to live happily ever after, but <laughs> shot by the police. I've thought of mine now. Street, so. <laughs> okay. Save through, us. through all of that, I'm going to give you guys a glimmer of hope in this dark world. <laughs> um, so my favorite story was when I actually got to go on an honor flight with a Korean war veteran oh, wow. a couple of years ago. Um, he didn't have any family close by. So he actually, he had heard about me through me writing about other honor flights um, in this local community, a business called snap on tools. I'm sure some of I've you are familiar of with snap on. Mm-hmm. They sponsored um, honor flights for all of their veterans, including, you know, Vietnam, Korean era, to go to Washington, D.C. and see all of the monuments and stuff. Mm. And so he heard about me through my coverage of that and came to the newspaper office and was like, do you want to come with me on an honor flight and you can write about it and take pictures and stuff? And I was like, that would be awesome. So uh, his name's Ed and we're still friends to this day. Nice, nice. He's like a second grandpa to me, and we just <laughs> had a great time running around Washington, D.C. They have this thing called mail call while you're on honor flight, and they give um, all the veterans a bunch of letters from their families and friends, and they all, like, get teary, and then I want to get teary. I might get teary thinking about it right now, but <laughs> um, it was just a really sweet experience and something that, you know, once in a lifetime. Yours was so much better than yeah. mine. You but need to bring uh, Ed in. <laughs> he lives over in Mount Carmel, Illinois, and he's... Almost 90. So I don't know if he wants to travel all the way to Louisville. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) another flight. (laughs) Chris, did you think of one? I did, yeah. So I'm actually going to go with uh, with veterans uh, as far as like topics go. So my very first uh, story that I wrote during my internship in college uh, was with uh, the Desert News, which is Utah's largest daily newspaper. The very first assignment that they sent me on was to go to this... uh, marina cleanup at uh at a local reservoir and i thought initially well i mean here's here's the send just send the intern you know story probably get buried somewhere in the paper maybe not posted online but we go out there and we figure out this is actually a scuba group that's a group of veterans who have found relief from ps uh ptsd through scuba so apparently when you uh, when you're in the water and you have scuba gear on, you experience this weightlessness that has a really powerful psychological effect on on people who who suffer from certain mental illnesses, PTSD included. So, not only were this group of veterans experiencing relief from their PTSD symptoms through scuba, they're also yeah. doing this community good. And the photographer got this awesome photo of this American flag blanket that these guys pulled out from under the marina. So, my very first story was a was a front page story with the biggest newspaper you know in the city in salt lake city and it's yeah. a picture of this guy holding up this american flag blanket talking about how wow you know the, nice. the the lead the, the person we used as kind of like leading the story was talking about how he 
doesn't have nightmares anymore from PTSD because of his involvement with scuba. So yeah. it was a really cool story. He's super, like, really lucked out yeah. as far as, like, what the assignment actually turned out to be. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, not all my intern stories were. <laughs> That's were cool. That, yeah. For that a young, riveting. <laughs> young person to be able to, you know, your first, mm-hmm. one of your first attempts. Yeah, so. and I mean, it, obviously, to just to kind of pull back the curtain on how the, how, you know, the news media works just a little bit. What made that story was that really cool photo, and obviously they got exceptionally talented photographers that yeah. got a great shot, which kind of led the paper that day. Yeah. All right. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about Papa John's um, in the news again this week. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems like we talk about Papa John's a lot on this show. I'm going to try and uh, curb our Papa John's discussions, but uh, but we had to talk about this one. So um, basically... The company wanted to uh, give a donation to um, Simmons College, a historically black college here in Louisville, um, and they got into <laughs> they kind of got into some trouble by giving this donation. I, I guess so. I'm going to let Chris explain it here because he'll do a better job than me. But uh, uh, it sounds like the way they went about making this donation really uh, sparked up a lot of headlines that, that probably gave them some bad press. So, Chris, why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, so the uh, the basic setup goes a little something like this. Uh, Papa John's committed to giving $20,000 uh, in scholarship money to Simmons College. Then we come in on Friday morning, and apparently that scholarship deal was off the table, and the university's president, uh, Kevin Cosby, had accused Papa John's of just nixing that you know deal unilaterally. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after a little little bit of he said, she said, some statements back and forth that the story that kind of develops is that, uh, at least the story that Simmons tells, is that Papa John's didn't like the fact that Simmons College was also courting John Schnatter, the kind of estranged founder and CEO yeah. of Papa John's. The founder they're trying to get away from. Exactly. Um, is, is, is also giving money to this college. Yeah, in a way, like, I'm trying to, f- I'm trying to, like, kind of think of a kind of sorted, like, soap opera relationship to describe here. I couldn't really kind of think of any, but it's kind of al- <laughs> along those lines. Well, Papa John's uh, ends up announcing that he's going to donate a million dollars to the school. What, you mean John Schnatter? John Schnatter. John Schnatter is going to donate a million dollars to the school. He is Papa John, but... He, he is Papa John. <laughs> yeah. But to avoid confusion. Yes, <laughs> avoid <So> confusion. <laughs> yep. And around that time, Simmons gets news that Papa John's, the, the company, company, wants to back away from the scholarship. And eventually, Papa John's nixes the scholarship completely. The company refutes that by saying that the university refused the scholarship in light of getting a donation from, from Papa John. So that's yeah. where the he said, she said. Yeah, she, so there's who, two who sides. The, the, co- the company says that um, that the school declined the, uh, the scholarship money that they had promised after uh, John Schnatter gave them a million dollars. But the school says, no, they, they took the money away. They, they revoked the money that they had originally. I mean, they make they raise a compelling question. So, um, so Papa John's has basically this all got resolved this but last night. Basically, uh, we got a uh, we got a, a news release from Simmons that said Papa John's the company had come through with the money, and they came through with more money than they originally promised. I guess kind of as right. Um, as a way to kind of put maybe the whole it was thing yeah. Bed. I mean, yeah. we're we're assuming at this point they yeah. they didn't well, say. Well, we're assuming because they wouldn't clarify. I mean, yeah. the the statement that we got from Simmons was that Papa John's would be giving thirty thousand dollars to the school, that a check was in hand, and that this would be the end of it. That yeah, Simmons wouldn't be talking about this anymore. Papa John's wouldn't be talking about this anymore. Yeah, and if I mean, 
well, they didn't go any further into saying, saying as to why it was $10,000 more, but it's not really that yeah, far I mean, of a leap to be like, this is we're ending this matter by giving you guys $10,000. You can guess that it's that, and they didn't, they didn't say that. Um, but, um, you know, it, they were originally going to give 20000 They ended up giving 30000 So, uh, So there was a little bit of a he said, she said here with one side saying one thing and Papa John's. Um, saying it was revoked, and or Papa John saying that they were declined the money, and 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 Simmons College saying it was revoked. But I guess uh, the, the question I want to ask you, Chris, is you know why? What would be Papa John's motivation for that? Do you think it was just to distance themselves from John Schneider? Yeah, and you know the big idea would be to try to put some distance between themselves and John Schneider. Apparently, there's still some things they haven't worked through. Uh, th- but there's also two other ways that you can kind of think about this. The less, you know, kind of charitable way to, you know, think about this is that Papa John's would be kind of, you know, doing this to kind of spite, you know, Simmons for cheating on them with, with John Schnatter. The other way to look at this would be, you know, this probably doesn't look terribly good for Papa John's when they have their former. Yeah, when John Schnatter's giving them a million dollars and they're giving them $20,000. Yeah, I mean, it, as far as, uh, you know, funding measuring goes, it, it it doesn't. It, that's not a good good place to be comparing. Yeah. I think something to note in all this long, <coughs> lengthy narrative is uh, Papa John's, the company, gave what was a half a million dollars to a, a historically black college, women's college, I think, in North Carolina yep, or South Bennett Carolina. College. So that's and the genesis for the story, at least according to Simmons. That was generated, or not generated, but that that kind of contribution to that other college was um, initiated through Simmons. Simmons is the one who connected Papa John's with the other struggling university. Okay. So that's also something like in the mix. So yeah, <laughs> so that's another story. donation. Yeah. And, and had there been any other ones that you guys know about? Because uh, I honestly rec- didn't know about that. Not recently. So. Not yeah, that, that, we're that one was in, I want to say 2018, maybe last fall. Um, yeah. So I joke that the company... Um, Sure made giving a charitable donation look difficult. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just want to get you guys' take. Do you think, A, should Papa John's be worried about what charities their founder is giving to when they're trying to distance themselves to their f- from their founder? I would say yes, um, just because people will associate that with the fact of well, maybe since he's making that donation there, they feel like they're they like have they're to one in the same. Yeah, yeah, or they're one in the same, or it feels like they're still competing with him. Which you know, it's not like he has a separate business venture right now. It, right. It seems like there's some competitiveness between like who's giving this much to who and mm-hmm. who's essentially recreating their image in a po- positive light. And I think Papa John's has been trying to do that with without the founder at all, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And one thing I'll note that when John Schnatter's making these donations, he's wearing red yes, Papa John's red colored uh, shirts. Yeah. Like and they're different. Yeah. They don't say Papa John's. What do they say? They just say Papa. They just say Papa. <laughs> yeah, they just say Papa. But it's the same mm. red shirt he wore yeah. in the commercials. Like you have to wonder how much he's like trying to sabotage what <laughs> yeah. they're trying to do. Well, yeah. he's. I don't know if he's trying to sabotage it, but he's definitely trying to like maintain the fact that he is Papa John's. Yeah. Like he had a whole website that said "I am I Papa." I am jo- Papa John's is what it was called. Yeah, and so I feel like he's trying to establish his dominance as like the main shareholder. Mm. The He's still the largest shareholder. Yeah, right? he's still the largest shareholder. That, he clear. owns sixteen percent of the company, um, and he sold off a bunch of his shares. But he still owns um, 
about a quarter of what he used to own. He he actually owned about 30% of the company at one time. So yeah, that would yeah. make about half. Ignore me. <laughs> he owns about half of what his original stake in the company was now. Um, but that still makes him the majority shareholder. shareholder and he um, is asserting that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very you often. you got to think that it's probably <laughs> annoying the company that he's going mm-hmm. out wearing shirts that say Papa and that are their same colors and that sort of thing. Yeah, but at the same time, like, why, how, how much can Papa John's move forward while still worrying about and, and getting into tiffs with, with his former founder? Like, just trying to kind of think of this in the form of, like, a relationship. At some point, you just got to move on. Like, yeah. you, you got to stop yeah. thinking about mm-hmm. your, you gotta stop your thinking ex about keeps your ex. showing up at the family <laughs> reunion. I, I don't think that'll actually happen until, like, he completely removes himself from the company's shareholder base yeah. because, you know, if he's still attached to the company, he's still going to be out there, you know, sending out press releases, yeah. giving his opinions. He sent out a press release when they hired when, a new CEO. Yeah, when they hired a new CEO, he wanted to be sure that everyone knew what his opinion was on the situation. And I don't think that's going to, we're not going to see that until he sells off all his shares. I mean, we're in the age of activist investors. Most of the time we, in the news media, talk about it because they're trying to affect some kind of change or some kind of positive change. But uh, this kind of seems like the anti, you know, uh, activist investor in the case of Papa John's. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Agree. And they actually have an activist investor on their board, the chairman of their board, and you know, their cause, if you will, is just to turn around company around. That's what this company uh, buys into, kind of troubled stocks with the intent of turning them around. What's the name of the company? Starboard, Starboard. Yeah, Starboard LLP. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that and that's kind of who's in charge of their board now. Um, and I don't know what the relationship between John Schnatter and uh, the chairman of the board is. I would imagine it's pretty tense. But yeah, contentious, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> but, uh, so Papa John's goes out and makes this donation, and I would think that they're trying to improve their image with something like this. Do you guys think this made them look worse? Yeah, yeah, it definitely <laughs> yeah, did. I think so. I mean, you know, th- there's one thing to be said about you know timing, and, the, and we've talked about you know whether or not the relationship between Simmons and Papa John's and John Schnatter, you know, was that was that whole thing a mess? Yeah, it kind of was. But at the end of the day, if you, if you're a big, co- powerful company like Papa John's, you really got to come through on your commitments. Now, it would have, in my mind, and this hypothetical makes a lot of sense. You move, you know, you move on, and you. you you still give the donation, but you give a little space between the Schnatter announcement and your own announcement. Yeah. Or just don't make an announcement. Mm-hmm. Like, don't or let the media in on what you're trying to do. Just give charitably and, you know, good for you. And then it's a null and void it's point. The right thing to do. Yes. Just yeah. give because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna wrap this show up there. I know these guys got to go on to their next thing. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's pretty much all we have this week. But before we sign off, I thought Brooke did a really cool thing last week. She uh, hosted and she asked you guys a question as a part of the outro. I'm gonna do something similar but different. Um, I'm gonna go around the room. You can share your social media handles with the audience. But I also want you to tell me something that you're working on. It can be either something that you just finished and you think people should check out or something that is going to come out very soon that you think people should check out. So, Haley, I'll start with you. You can find me on Twitter at Haley. That's H-A-L-E-Y. I'm also on Instagram and all the other social medias. 
Um, I'm currently working on a pretty big tech-related story for Louisville. Um, it's probably not something that I want to discuss in detail on the podcast. Don't want to get scooped. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get scooped on this, but you guys should definitely keep your eye out for an interesting tech story um, that I've been working on for a couple weeks now, and we're hopefully going to have it out this week. So maybe by the time you're listening to it, it'll be online. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris. Yep, so I'm on Twitter at Chris. I'm also on LinkedIn, and I got my first like genuine LinkedIn connection because of the podcast. They sent me a message saying nice. that they <laughs> that they heard about it on the on the podcast. So, oh. so that that really made my day seeing that. And I would actually have my thing for what we're working on is Haley's story. So I can I know a little bit about what Haley's working on, it's, and this is going to be a really cool story for us and for the larger community. Also, if you're at all interested or care at all about healthcare, what's going on with UVL and Jewish Hospital? Something I'm covering really closely. So if you know something, yeah, let me know. Chris has been listening to secret recordings of a meeting. I have, I have. <laughs> and he's put out a couple stories on it, nice. so I would plug those for you. Yep. Uh, Jason, you just got here. I don't yeah. know if you have a project <laughs> yet, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> speaking of scoops, you can find me on Twitter at Scoop Thomas. But yeah, it's my second day, so <laughs> you know I'm just working on getting to know the team better. Yeah, uh, know, uh, our our processes here, and looking forward to getting out in the community and. and yeah, isn't it sad that I pulled Jason here on his second day? No, I made him do this podcast. <laughs> like, just it's my first to podcast to ever, so I'm, I'm excited to be. Is here. it really? Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. found the restrooms yet? <laughs> it took me a while, but I got there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then for me, you can find me on Twitter at bfluedavid and on Instagram at dman3001. Um, as far as something to check out, uh, like I said, my Glide coverage. I just got back from there have a lot of stories and photos from the Glad trip, which I um, thought it was a pretty worthwhile thing. So uh, we're going to end it there. If you haven't already, uh, please consider subscribing to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or other podcast services. Uh, thank you, Haley, Chris, and Jason. And thank you guys for listening.